Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and this is episode number 75. 75 episodes of this show that began all the way back in January of 2022. Here we are in September of 2023, and the journey continues. The cinematic journey is a pressing on, and as always, I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in each week to the show and hear what I have to say on movies. Now, we are about to begin my favorite time of the year. We're about to embark uh, into spooky season, which uh, if you've been listening to this show in recent weeks, you know that I have been feverishly counting down the days until the start of autumn, and I've got just a week or so to go until the seasons change, but for all intents and purposes, let's just let's just uh, jump to the head of the pack right now and get a start on spooky season. Now, as I indicated on last week's show, the next series of episodes, uh, really beginning today, but but certainly in full starting next week, are going to be all about Halloween, all about scary movies, and that will carry through right to the end of October. So. If you are not a fan of, uh, of horror movies, of scary movies, uh, I, I ask that you bear with me. And I promise once once we get through the end of October, uh, it'll be back to uh, business as usual. So, uh, you know, again, if you can just hang on until October 27th, I promise I will make it uh, worthwhile for the remainder of, of uh, 2023. But in the spirit of Halloween, in the spirit of spooky season, I thought, you know, we'll do a little prelude, if you will, to to the start. And first I was going to do a, a breakdown of like my top 20 favorite horror films, because if you've listened to the show, uh, you know that I'm a fan of the genre. But trying to get this list boiled down, it, it's rather difficult, uh, especially since, you know, once you think of one film, another film pops into mind and so on, and then eventually... A list of, of 20 becomes 30 and 40, and then before long we would be here until next week. And that's not fair to uh, you listening uh, at home or wherever you're uh, listening to this show. So I thought at this point what I would do is is give you five horror films. And again, you talk about trying to boil it down to 20. This was a Herculean task, but I did it for the sake of, uh, of, of brevity and, and trying to... Uh, keep us all on a, on a tight schedule. So, again, this is not meant to be exhaustive. It's not meant to be all comprehensive. Uh, this is These are five films that I believe define the genre and, and frankly, are, are worth recognizing, worth uh, giving a shout-out to. So these are the top five horror films, in my opinion, that best represent the entire genre. So, beginning at number five, it is the film, the first, the original, Scream. Now, I've talked about this on the show a number of times, and I'm sure I will return to it in the uh, in the months and perhaps years ahead with uh, the inevitable next installment coming out. But the first Scream, which was released in 1996, it changed Everything. I mean, when when you look at where the the sort of the the slasher genre was prior to Scream, 
it was heading for the direct-to-video bin. I mean, it was things were not looking good. Michael Myers was was relegated to being controlled by a cult. Freddy was nothing but a gag machine, and Jason had been sent into space. I mean, really, we're we're sort of hitting rock bottom. It doesn't you know, necessarily diminish any of those particular films, but it just sort of gives you an idea of where the slasher genre was. Uh, in the mid-1990s. And then here comes the film Scream, which, as I've mentioned before, is one of my favorite films of all time that not only acts as a, a love letter to another favorite film of mine, Halloween, but in, in, in sort of doing all the, the tropes of a slasher film, of a horror film, in a way sort of satirizes the genre while also telling a thrilling and scary story. That first scream changed everything from then on out. Every horror film, every slasher film, if you will, that came out post-scream was greatly influenced by it. So whether it was Urban Legend, The Faculty, Halloween H2O, I mean, even Scream 2 gets caught up in the wake of it. Everything was was shaped by the success and impact of, of the first film. And certainly there have been many Scream films that have followed, and I would even go to say that there has not been a bad sequel. It's one of the rarities in the horror genre, particularly with slashers, where the sequels have all been more or less hitting the mark. That first one changed the game. It, it reinvigorated the the horror genre, the, the slasher film, and and made it cool, made it hip, made it fresh again, and and found a new way to tell an old story. And and that's sort of something I love, particularly with with horror films, is that a lot of times the old stories are are, are recycled. Everything old is new again, and it's all about trying to find a, a, an interesting way, an interesting window into into that world or into that story and as i mentioned scream started out as a love letter to the writer kevin williamson's uh, film uh, one of his favorite films halloween and it just ballooned from there and of course the result is is scream but it's it's a it's really a pinnacle of of the slasher genre and it's it shows what horror films can can be if you're willing to sort of break the rules, bend the rules, and then in some cases, make new rules. Uh, so definitely have to give a shout-out and a recognition to the first Scream because it's a film that still has resonance to this day. I mean, not only are the films still being made, but you constantly hear it being cited as a film that inspired future filmmakers and, and writers and directors for its uncanny ability to blend both horror and humor in a way that made it fresh and exciting, but also scary and relied on the, uh, the you know good old-fashioned thrills and scares. So there is, there is number five, uh, the original Scream. Number four, and this is one that I, I, I don't think I would have put on the list sort of at this stature uh, a few years back, but it's, it's after a lot of time of marinating with it and, and thinking about the film and, and, and watching it, it, it through again. The next film that I have to, to put on this list is It Follows. Now, I'm not going to uh, dive too deeply into it because this is one that I am saving for a future review uh, later next month. So stand by for uh, that. But this was a 2015 film, and sort of the story behind it is incredible. It was made on a shoestring budget and was this overnight 
success. And it's one of the rare cases where there's no sequel. Now, there's been talk about it for years, about a follow-up, per se, but it, it's, it hasn't happened. And it's one of those situations where it honestly works because the film is so perfect and it is so flawless and it is so frightening. It really is a terrifying experience. Again, I will get more into this film later on uh, in, in October when I do a full-length review on it. But essentially, the, the premise of the film is uh, after uh, an individual sleeps with a person, they are then stalked by a mysterious curse. And this curse sort of is passed from victim to victim, almost like a sexually transmitted disease and the the story follows this character of Jay played by Micah Monroe and again there's so many layers in this film when you sort of talk about uh, elevated horror which is a concept that has uh, gained a lot of currency in recent years this film definitely has that because it's it's sort of more than just a stalker more than just a, a, a it's not a slasher film, but it's more than just a scare fest. There's there's a lot of layers and and meaning to this film, and so you can kind of see it on 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 many different levels. But it's it's honestly one of the most unnerving films I have ever seen, and it still gets me. Uh, and it holds up even though it's you know nearly a decade old. But it's it's again one of those situations like with Scream where it takes an old concept and is able to reinvent it give it new life and and again it's it's one of those movies it's it stays with you if if you will uh so that would be uh in the number four spot coming at number three this is an oldie but a classic and it is the original frankenstein the 1931 film starring boris karloff by modern standards the film is tame i don't think it's going to necessarily scare modern audiences but if if i'm looking at this objectively if i'm looking at this through the prism of of horror films that have really had an impact on the genre then you have to go back to the original monster movie because so much of what sort of we even view today uh, about mad scientist movies and and gothic stories all dates back to that original Frankenstein film the the motifs the look the design it's all right there the the laboratory experiments the special effects everything originates from that movie and certainly you have to view everything in its context and in 1931 both Frankenstein and Dracula which came out that year terrified the hell out of audiences people were literally fainting and running out of the theaters they never seen something so grotesque and so unnerving i mean i can only imagine what the reaction to an audience would have been watching frankenstein in 1931 because think about it this is before movie magazines certainly before the internet television is not a thing so you're going off of word of mouth whatever little blurbs are written in the papers or uh you know playbills if you will and then a and then a, a theatrical poster so Talk about going into something blind. I mean, they would have, at the start of these movies, pre-recorded introductions by a number one of, a number of the actors. I think Edward Van Sloan 
who was in both this and in Dracula, uh, appears at the beginning to give kind of a, a word of warning to the audience that what you're about to see may in fact scare the living shit out of you. And that that just sort of goes to, to the point. You, you would never see that today because now it's almost impossible to hide what the, the creature or what the monster looks like. I mean, I think of the Halloween films. The minute a new one is announced, people immediately scour the internet looking to see what the mask looks like and what the, the set looks like and et cetera, et cetera. But back in 1931, there was none of that. There was no leaking. There was none of that uh, sort of uh, hype machine that we're accustomed to today. But it, it grabbed audiences. It made a fortune. It, it transformed Universal Studios. It, it made Boris, Boris Karloff a household name and and it created the modern day perception of, of of what a monster movie could be i mean everything that has followed since then really stems from that that vein of, of frankenstein as i said going back to the gothic castles the motifs all of that is there uh in frankenstein and in dracula as well but but frankenstein is sort of on a whole other level just in terms of both the craftsmanship of of the scenes of the story, but but also of just the makeup done by the legendary uh, makeup artist Jack Pierce. It's a frightening transformation, and and again, talk about losing the actor in a performance, and in a performance that's that's largely silent. It's truly powerful and holds up to this day, almost a hundred years later, and it it just represents what we in the modern age think of. You know, a quote-unquote monster movie. What we think of Frankenstein's monster. There's certainly been many uh, interpretations, many different versions. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, nothing goes, nothing uh, tops that original 1931 film. And if and if we're talking about a movie that is still having effects on the genre to this day, then then you got to go back to to the original Universal movie. I mean, that is the one that, that created a whole genre of, of monster films. You think of what came afterwards, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, Phantom of the Opera, uh, uh, Bride of Dracula, uh, or Bride of Frankenstein, uh, uh, The Wolfman. I mean, it's all in that in that incredible uh, legacy of, of the first film. And again, I rewatched it recently, and, it, and it, it's another one of those films that it does hold up. I mean, even though... Again, tame by by modern standards, but it's it's well made, it's well directed, it's well acted, and again, I didn't even mention Colin Clive, but his performance as as um, as Doctor Frankenstein. I mean, that's again the stuff of legends. I mean, just you know his reaction to when the monster comes alive. You know, it's alive. I mean, it's just an incredible uh, piece of pop culture that, as I said, we're still we're still living with today, and I think that's rather remarkable because not many films have that kind of currency and weight all these years later and particularly when you're talking about a horror film where there can kind of be a dime a dozen uh, Frankenstein stands out as a real gem in that regard all right the next film uh, might be a little bit controversial because uh, there's always been this debate of whether or not this next movie is considered a horror film I consider it a horror film. That was one of my all-time favorite films. Let me give you a, a tease at what I'm about to say. But uh, I'm curious if you view this next film as, as I do. But for me, it's Jaws. And, and you talk about a film that we're still talking about today. Jaws is a perfect example of both a suspense and a horror film. 
the music in Jaws contributes to that foreboding sense of danger and alarm. The fact that when we go in the water today, when I go in the water today, the thought crosses my mind, however fleetingly that there might be a shark there, illustrates to the point the power of that film. That says a lot where you can infect an entire generation and then some with the particular movie. And beyond all that, Jaws has some actually real moments of, of pure adrenaline and, and frankly terror. You think of the scene when Hooper is investigating under the boat and the head pops out. I mean, again, I've seen it so many times, I'm, I'm used to it. But imagine seeing that in 1975. And even when I've seen it a few times on the big screen, that moment always gets a jump from the audience, even though you know it is coming. Uh, the shark is terrifying in this film. I mean, you want to talk about a, a quote-unquote creature feature. I mean, this probably is the, the best example and certainly the original one. But, again, I think first some people blend Jaws and, oh, it's more of a, an adventure film or it's, it's you know, whatever. But, I mean, to me, I put it squarely in the horror category because not only do you have just the premise of it, of a, a, a monster shark, uh, stalking the beaches and, and eating people, but just the entire adrenaline and suspense film. I mean, it's very much in the uh, Hitchcockian tradition of of suspense and thrills and chills. And you look at that that just the scenes, particularly where they're on the boat and the shark is you know pretty much smarter than they are. I mean, it's it's all right there in that that tradition. And I think. Because the movie is is so larger than life, uh, it sometimes people think, oh, it can't just be. It's not a horror film. But if you really distill it down to a number of, of moments and and certainly that that score, I don't see how you can conclude anything but the fact that Jaws is a horror film and and arguably one of the best, if not the best, ever made, and and still you know resonating with audiences to this day. I mean, it taps into that central. Fear that that fear of, of of being out of control, the of, of the unknown, the you know the deep, the death. I mean, all of that is at play in Jaws. And as I mentioned at the start, you know, to have a film where we're literally thinking about, even on a subconscious level, to this day, that is damn powerful. And if that doesn't say a statement about horror films and their longevity, I don't know what does. So I might be a bit controversial. You may not agree with it, but. As far as I'm concerned, Jaws uh, has earned its place as a horror film and, and perhaps one of the best, if not the best, horror films ever made. Now, if you've listened to this show for a long time, you probably can guess the, the number one film that I'm going to put here. And, and certainly, you know, again, this is perhaps where my bias is showing a little bit, but uh, there's a, any number of films uh, could certainly fall into this category. You could put Psycho, you could put... Um, uh, Peeping Tom. There's a number of, of movies, Black Christmas, even uh, you know, that could that could fill this uh, uh, this category. But looking at it, you know, again, somewhat objectively, but also with a subjective lens. Uh, but also in terms of impact, I, I don't think you can deny Halloween. And if, and if I'm going to say what is the definitive horror film, what really encapsulates the genre, it is Halloween. And not only because you have a scary figure in Michael Myers, a guy with a mask who runs around and, and, and stalks and kills people uh, with a knife, that's sort of all immaterial. It's more about what Halloween 
represents. I mean, you have, of course, you know, the theme of evil never it never dies, and that is uh, a, a theme that is true in, in, in real life. It will always be uh, evil. Bad things will always happen. But it's the, the setup of the particular film. This is not a movie that takes place in a gothic castle. It's not in another world. And you think of in the mid to late 1970s, horror films did not have that sort of intimacy that, that they've, they've come to now. As I said, there was a few fleeting examples prior to it, but Halloween was the one to sort of take all the concepts from Psycho and Peeping Tom and a few others and really boil it down into something singular and, and ultimately terrifying. I mean, you look at the, just the, the setup of Halloween. It takes place on arguably the scariest night of the year, so you've already got a great hook for a movie, but it's set in suburban America. It's set in small town USA, and that's palpable. That's relatable. I've grown up in a small town. Maybe you've grown up in a small town, and so you have that familiarity, and you also have that sense of security. You think, well, we're in the middle of nowhere. Nothing bad can happen here, and, and the film goes out of its way to show you that, yes, Bad things can happen even in a small town, even in the middle of nowhere, because, going back to the theme, evil is everywhere. And then, of course, when you tie in uh, the chilling score by John Carpenter, I mean, I would put that right up there with, with John Williams's uh, Jaws theme, uh, just in terms of its iconic stature and being able to get a rise out of people, particularly uh, you know, whenever you want something foreboding or, or ominous. But... Uh, to the fact that the camera in Halloween plays such a role in telling the story and, and, and putting the characters or putting the audience in the point of view of the characters is really rather ingenious. And again, prior to that had not been done to such a level. I mean, now, of course, it's commonplace and a lot of the tropes uh, that are in Halloween are now uh, cliched and, and, uh, and old hat in, in horror films today. But Halloween was the one to really knock down that door. I mean, as I said, you know, Michael Myers uh, crawled so Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, etc., could walk and run. I mean, that's the you know somebody has to start it somewhere. And, and you know, just as Frankenstein's monster was uh, was a you know a, a figure of pop culture, you know, now enters Michael Myers and so on. So I mean, it's a it's it's a perfect film that, as much as it is a as a slasher film, and certainly. You know, has those elements. It's really a suspense film in a lot of ways, and I think that's uh, the real, the real tribute to it is that even though it pioneered the, the slasher film, you know, it's how you get Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street and all the other imitators. Halloween is very much in the Hitchcock tradition that it's really about the theater of the mind. It's all about you know what's going on in your own head and, and sort of you playing out the worst case scenario. Uh, and again, that comes from a, a brilliant script that comes from perfect camera work, acting, direction, music, lighting, etc. And, and then ultimately delivering something that that is so primal that it resonates. I mean, it's it's again, I, I love this film. As I've said, it's one of my favorite films of all time. But but if, again, sort of putting back that particular bias, it, it is a perfect example. It's a perfect storm, if you will, of, of what you can accomplish with all those elements and trappings of a horror film that you can then just sort of distill down 
into a into a basic uh, outline and story and and to think of all the films that it has inspired i mean again scream even it follows i mean everything kind of in a way pays uh, its due to halloween because it it sort of redefined the genre in a way that that again is still having an impact to this day so there we go there are the top five films that i think best represent uh the horror movie so just to to reiterate it for you once again coming in at number five we have scream coming in at four we have it follows coming in at number three it's frankenstein number two is jaws and for the number one spot halloween so there we go there are the top five films that i believe best represent the horror film Now, as I said, not meant to be exhaustive, not meant to be all-inclusive. Let me know your thoughts, because I'm sure you have differences as well. This is a good opportunity to uh, do some interaction on social media, so all of the information you can find in the show notes. So uh, send me a tweet or whatever the hell they're, they're calling it now on X. I don't, I, I don't understand it, but... Um, You can uh, you can message me that way. Let me know your top five uh, your top five horror films, and uh, if you agree with any of these particular choices. But uh, that's uh, that is a start to spooky season. Next week there will be a full review of one of the, uh, one of the few horror films that I have picked out uh, for the next couple weeks. So a lot of great stuff uh, coming down the pike. Going to be having some interviews uh, with a few uh, fellow uh, podcasters as well. So a little cross-promotion in the coming weeks as well. So looking forward to a very exciting and spooktacular spooky season. So that will be on the agenda for the next few weeks. So uh, get your popcorn ready. Get your uh, your Halloween candy. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but on that note, I uh, just feel I should mention this uh, kind of in, in speaking. Horror movies are still killing it at the box office for all intents and purposes. The Nun 2, which as you can guess is a sequel to The Nun, was released last weekend. And the film has already grossed $90 million worldwide and it shows no signs of slowing down. Once again, proving my point that audiences love horror movies and they will continue to show up and support them. Why? There could be any number of reasons, but I think it all goes down to that basic fact that we enjoy being scared, we like the thrill, and if we can do it in a controlled and safe environment, like uh, with the context of a movie in a theater, then I think audiences are going to continue to show up and support these films ongoing. As long as the quality is there, as long as the craftsmanship were there is there, I think horror films are going to continue to be a box office juggernaut. So for me, as a fan, I love that, and I'm looking forward to seeing The Nun 2 at some point. I enjoyed the last one, and I hear this one is even better. So again, great time to be a horror fan and uh, check out and support these movies. So there's my little plug for some box office news today, but that is all that I have for you. Once again, thank you for tuning in and being a part of the cinematic journey with me. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of scary movies. (laughs) 